0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Revolution Church. I'm so glad to see you all here. Everything is beautiful <laughs> um, last night i I went to uh Solomon's porch and uh, saw why does my Twitter never work in here? Um, saw Trey Pearson. From the band um, Everyday Sunday, which was a Christian band in the 90s and 2000s, and uh, he came out a few years ago and uh, was married and had kids and all this stuff, and he kind of shared his story and an experience of what it was like coming out as a cr- Christian rock star, musician and uh it was really good. It was and he played music and it was a nice time. So, yeah. Um we're going through Galatians, the best of Galatians. We went through Galatians already and then usually what I do after that is go just jump through it real quick and, and hit some hot topics, the, my favorite verses my, from that study. Um, I can't remember where we left off, though, last week, because honestly, everyone, this divorce is making my brain Swiss cheese. And uh, you think I stopped at two? At the end of two? 2.17, all right. Okay. Well, let's talk about the last part of Galatians 2 and then jump into 3. Um, Galatians 2.20, um, where he says, I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I live my life on this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this, I think, last week. I'm not one of those who treats the grace of God as meaningless, for if we could be saved by keeping the law, then there was no need for Christ to die. And um, just talking about Paul's belief in, in atonement theory, which makes sense with his with with judaism and, and and how he grew up and what he was raised with still under a sacrificial system i i don't know if god needs blood or not to be honest with you um i don't think god needs anything of god as god but it's a good good way of seeing things it's a good way of making sense of things um but i like him saying i like the idea that paul is saying you know i live my life dying to myself basically by giving myself to christ by giving myself to the idea of loving my neighbor as myself now i posted on on the facebook site this thing about you know love has no bounds and no exceptions and no sexual thing or no enemies or no this or that and the comments were pretty crazy because there was a lot of people who were like well this is kind of pie in the sky love and this love doesn't exist and or you know we've got it we can't we have to hold our enemies accountable and it's like people don't realize is that love often does hold others accountable you know I love my child, but if my child runs out into the street, I'm going to grab him and we're going to have a conversation. You know, I think times like that is when I don't spank, but I would be tempted to spank when, when, when my child puts himself in danger. You know, um, there are times where we do a lot of timeouts because I love them, because I want them to grow up to be great people. And care about other people. When they, when he's not sharing with his sister. Or when he's a jump attacking his sister. You know we have to have timeouts, We have to sit down and have conversations. You know. And. Uh, people sometimes. Put love in this idea. That it's. Um, just this warm fuzzy bubble. You know. But love allows us to work with. Work. Through hard issues and hard problems and like going for me going through a divorce, the love for our children keeps us yeah, uh, kind of keeps us accountable to how we treat each other, you know and uh it's tough. But Paul's talking about leaning on that type of love. In three, it goes in and he goes, Oh, foolish Galatians, what magician has cast an evil spell on you? And I always like this. I always like that Paul gets all saucy. And he goes, and, You know, for you used to see the meaning of Jesus Christ's death as clearly as though I had shown it to you on a signboard, signboard, sign with a picture of Christ dying on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message you heard about Christ. Have you lost your senses after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? And this was a a, a part of the deal is that this this is the message of Galatians is don't try to be perfect by your own human effort. It doesn't work. Don't try to be made right with God by what you do. That's not spirituality. But we live in a world where we're focused on what we do and how we do it, and I think those are good things. I think it's good to be a person who has integrity, a person who works hard, a person who does certain things. Um, But we often focus so much on that that that's where we find our self-worth you know I see people who find their self-worth because they have a nine to five job and then if the other person if they see someone who doesn't live that way then they don't see self-worth in that you know and we don't find you know so we become elitists you know and we become those people aren't in and those people aren't out and what he's trying to say is you know we're loved for who we are, not for what we do but the but society tells us that's completely different, but love can transform us into being things and doing things. you know love has a transformative effect that allows us to grow, allows us to care about others, allows us to want to share it with others. Allows us because it's love is infinite. Love continues on. Love passes on. Love moves on, you know. And um, it's 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 you know that like a little yeast goes a long way. You know, love goes a long way. Um, When you're loved, you want to love more. Um, you know, I want to love people. I want to care about people. Um, I want to love my enemies. That's a hard thing to do. People are just so jaded right now in this society with, with our president and with everything like this that we just have such a hard time loving each other. Because we think that in order to love each other, we have to be like, Aaron's a great example. I love my dad. I do not agree with his theology at all. I do not agree with his politics at all. I don't agree with the way that he does his ministry. You know, we just don't agree on things at all. He loves Donald Trump and thinks Donald Trump is, you know, pie in the sky. And I think Donald Trump's horrible. But I love my dad. Do I approve of the message that he puts out there? Hell no. No but I love my dad. Do I sit down and tell him I don't agree with him sometimes? Yes. Why? Because I love my dad. I'm honest because I tell him, I'll tell him, I think you're missing the point because I love him. So love isn't just this thing where we're just like, oh, you're so wonderful. And oh, you're so wonderful. You're so great. You know, love is a, complicated thing and love grows anybody who's ever been married knows that love has to evolve or everything falls apart because when you're in the honeymoon stage love is a completely different thing from when you're in the living stage of just having to like make sure the house is clean and the you know the food is on the table and you know all that kind of stuff it becomes a different type of love It becomes it becomes almost way it was a stronger love because it is enduring so many different circumstances. I think that's why Corinthians thirteen four through seven is so powerful is because it covers how love is an enduring ideal and, and, and an enduring practice. I ask you again: Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law of Moses? Of course not. It's because you believed the message you heard about Christ. You accepted that you were accepted. That's where you, that's what happened. That was where the change took place. And now we can take this outside of the church and outside of Christianity and learn to accept ourselves as being accepted. I really like this guy, um, Matt Haig, who's a British writer. And he wrote this quote, I read, I put it up on Twitter today and on Facebook and on Instagram. Did I say fa- Yeah. It says, imagine accepting every part of you, every mistake, every mark on your body, every dream you didn't reach, every pain you felt, accepting it all, the way we accept a storm or a sunset or the breach of a whale, Imagine if we just saw ourselves as another freak of nature. Pretty cool, right? And that's what Paul's talking about here. Imagine ourselves accepting ourselves. And I think that's the powerful thing that happened to me in my life is that is learning that i was accepted by christ allowed me to learn that i was accepted i could i could learn to accept myself i still struggle with it though you know i still look for for approval from other people i mean i'm in such a uh, such a, I've been in such a deep relationship with my ex or with my wife that, you know, I still find myself searching for her approval, even in our divorce, (laughs) you know, like, does she approve, she mad, she upset, because I was just that used to that in our relationship. So my mind is set, so I have to kind of retrain my mind and retrain the way I think, you know, because that's the, I want that approval. And right now, it's not about that approval. Right now, it's about taking to care of the two beautiful kids I have, you know. That's that's the, the approval there, is that they need to be taken care of. Um... I'm gonna jump down to ten. It says, But those who depend on the law make themselves right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey these commandments that are written in God's book of the law. And what he's saying is, is if you're gonna follow, you can't just pick and choose laws that you follow. This is what he's saying, because the Judaizers are coming in saying, All right, you you Gentiles can be Christians, but you just need to be circumcised and you need to obey these holidays or see these do this. You need to pick and choose. And we often do that. And what he's saying is is like, no, that's not how the law works. The law is an all or nothing thing. You know? And uh, you can't just pick and choose what you want. You're cursed if you don't obey the whole thing. So let it all go. This is a radical message for the time. This is a radical message that he's giving us. to saying, free yourself from the loss. Free yourself from religion. Free yourself from legalism. Um, to even go further down, just jumping down to three real quick and... Um, Uh, staying in 3, but he's 317. It says, this is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. For the inheritance could be received only by keeping the law. It would not be a result of accepting God's promise. But God gave it to Abraham as a promise. And what he's saying is, is grace was an idea, was a promise that was, comes 430 years before the law. It was set up ahead of time. Grace has always been the promise. The law was a placeholder. And the law is now over. It says it was given to show people how guilty they are. That's why the law was there. We don't have the law anymore. Now we make new laws in the church. You know, when we make new traditions, and we knew it, and even in, our, in, in the liberal church, we make new laws and, and, and who's in and who's out and people we make fun of and people we ostracize and people we don't want around and people we blog about and people we tweet about and people we text about. You know, I really want to challenge people to try to love more and I want to be able to put up texts about unconditional love and watch people not freak out or try to put an asterisk on it. But right now, it seems like everybody wants to still put an asterisk on love. Especially loving your enemy. I'm not saying love your enemy and let them get away with murder. That's not loving your enemy. That's not loving anybody. Um, jump over to, to 24. Um, let me put it another way the law was our guardian and teacher to lead us until Christ came so now through faith in Christ we are made right with God but now that faith in Christ has come we no longer need the law as our guardian so you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus and in him there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all Christians. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you've belonged to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And now the promise of God gave to him before you. So, there's no hierarchy anymore. That's what it's saying. There's no hierarchy. There's no male, no female, no Jew, or no Gentile. You know, there's no Nobody's better than anybody. I mean, Paul starts out with saying, "Like I went to meet with in Galatians." He went. I went to meet with the the disciples to see what they thought, but ultimately it didn't matter because they're human beings and it doesn't matter. So Paul's taking all this hierarchy and tearing it down. That's why I don't like the pastoral epistles and I think that they're they're rubbish because Paul starts to rebuild this hierarchy that he completely tore down, and I honestly think they're they were not written by Paul at all, and um, that they're, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I just don't believe they should be in the Bible. I believe they're, um, gosh, what is the word? Fraudulent, yes, but they're counterfeit, yes, close, we're getting closer. They're they their books, and they're written in someone's name, but it's not really by them plagiarized No, plagiarized yeah that's still not the word there's another word I was looking for but I can't think of it right now I did um, but I don't like them sorry um, a lot of people have a hard struggle with that but oh well enjoy them if you want um, but Paul was all about tearing down hierarchies and not putting people above one another um when we do that with the Bible, we put the Bible above other people, we put the authors of the Bible above other people. We put certain people, you know, we build hierarchy whether we know it or not. Who's in and who's out. And here he's saying that hierarchy doesn't exist. We're all one in Christ. And uh that's an equal equality that I try to uh, live in. And I also love the fact that it says there's neither man nor female, that that's taken down. I think that's pretty amazing and uh, something that's encouraging, especially for LGBTQ brothers and sisters out there. Also just women. And women in the church, especially at the time, yeah. I mean, now, too, women in the church are still accepted, treated as second class, you know. And he's saying there's neither no male nor female. There's not this hierarchy here. You know, like a lot of... Um, uh, Calvinists don't believe that women sh- can be in leadership. It's insane, you know. Or they can be in leadership, but they can't be pastors. They'll 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 try to do all their best to kind of work around it. But I'm always like, I've I've talked with some of the biggest Calvinist teachers there are, and sat down with them, and I said I can't. Especially, the, there's a guy in New York who's really seems great, but I sat down with him and said. not only do you treat LGBTQ folks as second-class citizens, but you treat women as second-class citizens, and I can't have that. And he's like, oh, no, we just have different roles. I'm like, no, it's not just different roles. You know, you have a hierarchy set up, and I can't agree with you on that, and I can't agree to disagree with you on that, so we can't compromise on this issue here, that you're treating women like this and that you're treating my gay brothers and sisters like this, is just unacceptable. And I said that because I cared about them, I loved them, but I also said, you're hurting other people. You need to know this. You are causing other people to stumble, you're causing other people to hurt, you're causing other people's lives to fall apart by your message, So, there you go with that. Man, I hope we can get through Galatians. I, just, I forgot how long this book was. It's a short little book, but... I do love it. Um, I might just do the rest of, of four and then next week... We have a guest preacher, and then I'll end up with five and six, and then a couple weeks. Um, because I love it. You're right. Um, and I don't want to keep everybody at church for an hour today. But let's jump down to four nine. And now that you have found God, or should I say now that God has found you, Why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual powers of this world? You're trying to find favor with God by what you do or don't do on certain days, months, or seasons, or years. You know? I think about our relationships with each other and how we do that. I'm trying to find favor with each other by what we do or don't do on certain times and stuff. You know? Can we really be radical lovers of humanity and each other? Is it possible? I think it's possible. I think it's hard as hell. I think it's tough. I think it's a mountain for us to do. I think there's uh, compromise involved, and a lot of us don't like that. I think there's patience involved, and a lot of us don't like that either. Um, But it is what it is. But why do we want to be slaves once more to useless spiritual powers of this world? I love that. I, I love it especially because I've always I always felt like the law was so still so alive in the church, especially when I was younger. But I still feel like it's alive and well in the church, and that people still practice it. You know, and uh, he's saying these are just—it's useless. This is radical stuff. It's saying that what happened before. Biblically, what happened before in the law, what happened before in these scrolls is useless now. Gentiles are accepted now. They weren't accepted before. Everyone's accepted. We're no longer a Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free. You know, we're all one in Christ. Why do we want to try to go back to these ways? You know? And now as, as the church is changing and becoming more affirming and more open to people and more things like that, why do we want to go back? It was, what was the church that just went back? To more, I mean, what? UMC. The Methodists just doubled down on being non-affirming. Why do you want to go back to these useless ways that to pretend to be holy but aren't? Why do we want to continue to be exclusive? You know, why do we want to allow majority, a majority to vote on minority rights? Does that make any sense? Hey, everybody, let's get the majority of the church to vote on the minority of the church and see what happens looks like we're always going to have second that's there's a problem with voting sometimes folks we should have systems of love that set up to protect minority rights cuz it's really easy for me to be a white male and just say well well those people can do that and maybe those people can do that and you know Oh, sure, let me go vote on that and help free them or not free them. You know what I mean? It's like, no, we should people should be protected under the law. Anyway, I hope we got I hope you got something out of that today. That was just a little little something, a little ditty. And uh, we're going to end it there. And uh, also because I'm, I'm going through a tough time, so I don't have a lot of patience to sit and preach today. I got to do a little healing myself. Um, kind of had a rough, a rough evening last night. So this broken heart, aging and being broken hearted are not for the weak of heart, I'll tell you that. not for the weak of heart um let's pray real quick Lord I thank you for this time together I thank you for everyone here in this uh in this building and everyone listening online and just ask that you would give us the ability to love one another to love our enemies to be able to sit at the table of mutuality and uh Learn about one another. Help us to protect those who are less fortunate or in need. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, as always, Revolution's a nonprofit. If you'd like to support us, you can go to revolutionchurch.com and hit the donation button. Or you can go to Facebook and hit the donation button there. Uh, today, I've just talked to uh, Brother Bob, and he is going to help us build a new website so we'll hopefully have that and um, up soon and Caleb will hopefully have us on 15 different sites soon (laughs) or what are they called platforms yeah hopefully we'll be on a few more platforms to be available for people because some people are complaining that they don't have iTunes um so we're going to do that. And, uh, yeah. So thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is revolution church. A post Christian production.